Welcome to Web of Resonance. I'm Teresa Carmody with Elemental Journeys. And I'm Ken Edwards, the Runewalker. Welcome. Welcome. So, Ken, how's the water been treating you? Uh, at the moment, I feel like I'm drunk. All right. Do you ever do the journey of uh, finding <laughs> the lava down under the under the water? Um, it's interesting. I... I sat down twice this week to do so, and uh, both times it, it uh, you know, that's great that that's what you want, but this is kind of what you need <laughs> to do. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go with it, you know. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't really get there, but I, I found a picture that was um, Emir, who is the kind of the, the one being that all beings came from in Norse cosmology. And the picture was of uh, him in fire and water. And it was really interesting. I think I, I think I sent it to you. I'll try and find it. It was on Instagram. I'll try and find it and we can get it posted. But I thought it was a really cool, interesting way to, uh, it was a, an interesting visual when we had talked last week about, you know, the, where the lava meets. The yeah. Water. It was cool. How are you? Uh, well, I'm I'm getting uh, drowned by the water myself. <laughs> yeah. So just uh, just feeling like uh, it's been interesting uh, that I thought it was going to lead into more journeys, and in a way it did. But I picked up my drum because I was drowning in uh, just emotional energy that uh, you know I couldn't pinpoint anywhere in my own body. So, um, you know, sometimes, uh, when I'm in full empath mode, I sometimes forget that I'm also a witch and I have magic as, uh, a way of helping me process. And other times when I'm in full on witch mode, I forget that I'm also an empath. And that, you know, when I'm doing ritual or something that I forget that, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes tapping into the emotional current that is well beyond my own personal experience yeah yep and and w uh well beyond my own uh personal ability to experience it without being super overwhelmed yeah yeah that's kind of my uh that's my learning edge right now is, uh, you know, my experience this weekend was I got really overwhelmed and I was telling you that, uh, I think I had agreed on some level to some unintentional magic. Um, and I think yeah. that, um, uh, you know, when it comes like that, it's, it's, hard to distinguish because you're so overwhelmed it's hard to kind of uh know what to do with that except that the answer keeps coming for me so you know yesterday what I finally did was I picked up my drum and I started just moving around and I noticed that uh, the drum beat would change it's like I paid attention to what am I thinking and what's going on in my head right now 
what direction am I standing in? And at, and at when it would seem like one journey would kind of conclude, instead of me just kind of losing energy for playing the drum, the beat would change and I'd be off on a whole new journey. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think uh, yesterday, uh, well, actually, yesterday, uh, Saturday night and Sunday both, uh, the drum of the the beat of the drum kept changing, and it was not because you know my arm was weak or like I couldn't sustain it. It just yeah. kept changing. It was it was, and I I kept thinking, well, I'm trying to keep it steady, and then I'm like no like you're beating you're drumming the beat that it needs to that needs to manifest not uh what you want at the moment. well and i think that you know uh to me that i always have the same lesson uh although it shows up differently but every year around sound when i get the same lesson about surrender um and to me that that what i felt was I could have stopped drumming at any time, but I would have been interrupting something. And that, um, you know, when I just play and I don't pick what beat am I going to play, sometimes the magic plays me. And that's what it felt like. It felt like in order for the magic to have its outlet or to have its flow, whatever that flow was going to be, I just had to surrender to it. Which yep. can be hard when you have no idea what you're surrendering to or why you are. <laughs> yeah. But to me, that's yes. that seems and, and, to be uh, what the water is uh, trying to communicate, at least this season so far. Yeah, absolutely. I think, too, with uh, with that word, we've used it a couple times, well, probably a lot, but uh, even the concept for us of surrender... Uh, in the word means that you've lost uh, instead of choosing to ride the wave or ride the current um, uh, without resistance. It, it's a much different feel uh, to even just the, the use of the word. Cause I kind of see, I don't know, Napoleon surrendering it wherever, you know, like that's the picture like that immediately comes to mind with the word yeah. surrender instead of, I'm choosing to ride this and uh, uh, it, it also has less uh, resistance tied into it with that word for me. Yeah. You know, I think it's funny that um, I think that uh, when I hear people use the word surrender, it often uh, the tone of how they're talking about it. Surrender means giving up. Um and yeah. my own experience when I practice magic or when I'm walking the wheel and surrenders what needs to happen, there's no giving up. As a matter of fact, surrender is a laborious work. I, for me, I have to stay completely present to it. Um, if I am mindless about it in any way, it's like the, the magic uh, smacks me around. <laughs> It's almost like, no, you've yeah. got to stay here and present and continually choose uh, not to take action, but to receive. I was just going to say that's the, the funniest thing was that I was sitting here listening to you 
and when you were talking about giving up and I thought giving in and then I'm like, Oh no, like it's my, it's uh, releasing so that my ability is to receive. Instead. Yeah. I actually um, take think for yeah. me anyway, it takes more effort to surrender than it does uh, to take action. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah Cause that, yeah. Yes. Especially for, uh, I will generalize every fire being that I ever know. Uh, for us, it's all about taking action and doing, not allowing and receiving. Uh, but it's been really an interesting few weeks, uh, especially like last week. You know, I, I launched my class, my uh, online class for, uh, excuse me, the initiation uh, runes of Northern Europe. So it's just a five hour class. Um, and, you know, you and I have spent hours discussing the, the way in which to receive compensation for that. And so um, allowing for it to be set up that way, uh, the way it is, just opens me up to receiving a lot of things uh and my connection is actually better now whether that you know kind of continues or whether it runs its course and we shift into something different which which is you know uh, generally how things go but uh it's been a really interesting look into the potential uh i'll say fortune the potential receiving the the potential uh abundance that that can come my way and that does when i just allow it yeah uh, yeah let's do that <clears throat> i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off did you have a thought uh not really i just th i think it'll be interesting to see um you know how a lot of times when we try something new whether it's around money or something else the first solution or first thing we experiment with is rarely the the where we land. Um, so I think yes. it will be very interesting. I hope you'll continue to share what lessons you're learning from it. Um, because it'll oh, yeah. be interesting to see how how what you have to offer doesn't start to be uh, controlled by money. Like I think of many artists who when they're first creating, they're free and they're just creating from what inspires them. And as soon as uh, they they start making money about it, and like get an agent and uh, the art can sometimes become commodity. And yeah. um, that to me, what I see is uh, it can kill the creative spirit. And yet there's also uh the need to meet material needs and yeah. so yeah, yeah it's an interesting dynamic that um yeah i'd like to see the energetic of it change for sure yeah i think the other thing that's really interesting that's it, it that it's forced or actually not it's forced but one of the other things that is uh, interwoven into it is making sure that you understand what the fuck it is you want. Yes. Because you know what? Like, Oh, I, I just want abundance. Well, okay, well, here you go. Here's a whole bunch of love coming your way. 
well, I don't like that person. Uh, you didn't ask for that. You know, here's a whole bunch of money. It's 20,000, uh, you know, pesos. That's a couple bucks. That's a lot. In Mexico. You know what I mean? Like there's, it, it really is a, uh, it forces us to, which is great. What, what is it that you want out of life? What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to accomplish? Are you doing those things? Because most of us, I think at the moment in the current situation that I'm thinking of, uh, not necessarily mine, but some people just want out. So I want this. I think that's what's going to make me yeah. happy. And it doesn't. And it's a constant process of whittle, uh, whittling, weeding out uh, what it is that you do and don't want. But I think it's the, I think it uh, is nice because it pulls us out of that, just the status quo of what you have to have because it's what everyone tells you. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I've kind of shifted my own uh, dreaming work to be more focused on a lot of times when I'm dreaming, I will imagine the form something will take. Um, and I will refine the form based on, you know, I use my feeling for what I'm creating as kind of the feedback loop of what changes do I need to make in my imaginal state to what I'm what I'm dreaming or what I'm looking at. Um, and sure. then what I used to do was kind of cast the magic based on that visual imagination of what form I thought something had to take that came from the feeling I'm feeling. And the last few months anyway, I really changed that. I decided, okay, that when I imagine a form, it helps me get clear on the feeling, but instead of casting the tool that I'm using, which is the visual image, I actually have to cast the feeling. And then uh, what I notice is through synchronicity, life kind of offers me many opportunities for that in many different forms. And then my agency is still around can I connect with whatever option is coming in a way that I can really tap into? How do I feel about that? And then I use my feeling to help me pick the one that most resonates with what I desired. Yeah, but absolutely. It's, a, it's a different thing. Absolutely. It's a little more time consuming. Uh, although I, I actually find uh, that I just said it was more time consuming, but it, in reality, it feels a little more efficient in that, um, yes. you know, when I'm when I'm looking for the form to show up, I say no to things that maybe could lead me to where I want to go, but because they don't already look like the thing I dreamt, I say no. Um, so yeah. I go down a, a lot more um, wrong paths, I think, when I just project what form something needs to take rather than what do I want to feel when it's present in my life. Yeah. 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 All right, you ready to pull? You're... Yes, let's right. do it. All right. Oh, I knew that was coming out. Motherfucker. 
What did you I get? I got the Queen of Pentacles. Oh. Um. Huh. So. I got. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I got uh, the rune AR, which we, you and I had talked about earlier because I uh, had, had drawn it earlier. So I was, I was just thinking about the Queen of Pentacles as Earth, right? Like it's yes. Earth. Okay. So you go ahead because I, I already have my little, I think, I'm going to see if it keeps going. Okay. So the Queen of Pentacles is um, a lot like... Um, a major arcana card um uh for me it's the lady in my sacred circle deck i don't have uh like high priestess and empress i have the lady and uh the okay. lady is much more like mother nature so she's embodied uh she's magical she is mother to all uh so all the mother goddesses are kind of around the lady in that deck when it's a minor arcana, it's about that archetype and how it manifests in you personally. So this would be a card about uh, what do I tend, what do I care for, what do I nourish, what do I protect, um, what stage of development are those things in, do I mother differently depending on what stage they're in, how do I create, uh, and we also have to recognize that we tend to think of mother only as the creatrix, but she is also the destroyer. And so how does she also destroy? Like what, what is destroyed when you create something new? Even if there is no intention to destroy something, whatever changes, there's a newness. So even in terms of very mundane, uh, you know, when a couple brings a baby into their home, regardless of what sex or gender they are, when you bring a child into your home, uh, your home, uh, well, first of all, peace and quiet usually is destroyed. <laughs> um, but, yeah. you know, the nature of the relationship of the people who are bringing the baby into the home, it, it's forever changed. Um, and at least in, you know, the marriage and family therapy realm, there's a very notorious graph that um, I used to use where the research shows that most couples have a severe decline in their relationship satisfaction at the birth of the first child. And it doesn't begin to start to move into the upward direction until they're about ready to launch and then uh sometimes and this is you know depending on what the child rearing years are like but uh for a lot of couples they will notice a return of of relationship satisfaction once all the kids are gone yeah so there's there is a sacrifice to parenting to giving birth to creating um and uh and I wonder if we wouldn't see it so much like sacrifice, I think right now carries the energy of mourning and loss and I'm giving something up or something's being taken away from me as opposed to what if sacrifice is, is not, 
what if we could transform how we approach sacrifice and what it means? Yeah. So Tate, a friend of ours, had a, a giveaway uh, because he's moving um, to Oregon. And the concept is not to give away what you don't want, but the giveaway is things that are sacred or, or important to him. And uh, I noticed that when um, people, we all came and sat in a circle around the items and he explained a little bit about um, the fact that he had walked a Lakota path for a while. And this was part of uh, something that he learned there and that he, we've done a few times, he's done a few times. And um, it was really interesting for, for me. I think people were more excited to take something when they knew it wasn't important to him instead of knowing that it was important and that actually made it more important. Yeah. Well, you hold space for it differently. Well, yeah, you don't want to take something that's important to somebody else, which is a whole other rabbit hole getting down into in our society. But um, they really were like, oh, well, that's important to you. Why are you getting rid of it? <laughs> because this is that's part of what this is, this ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It was also a denial of, of the death of this time. You know, he's well, I guess I can uh, I can say this now because uh, by the time this po podcast is broadcast, uh, it will be out there. But uh, we uh, I. Wow, even saying it sometimes is a little bit weird, but uh, we are in the process of selling the blue antler, which you knew about, uh, thankfully, because you've had amazing uh, uh, insight uh, into this process, and I, I appreciate that. And uh, so we're in the process of selling it, and uh, today, actually, in a couple hours, we're going to uh, do a public announcement that that's going to happen, and that the four of us who are owners of Blue Antler are moving to Oregon as well. So uh, probably right around Thawan, actually. <laughs> um, so everything is uh, moving in such a direction uh, that uh, the rune I pulled and the cards that you have uh, work hand in hand with the not just, sorry, uh, we have moving objects oh. in the room. Uh, I'm sorry, that was really fucking weird. Okay, uh, I will try and get back to my focus. So uh, the focus is that uh, riding the wave of the year and riding the energies of the wheel of the year um, are, was something that we really thought about uh, and kind of it honestly realized the manifestation of it within our process of selling the business, you know, uh, cutting ties, uh, not necessarily, well, you know, cutting ties, like t tying up loose ends, whatever we, we have to do, harvesting uh, what we've uh, been able to grow here, harvesting that, and uh, now moving into this time where we're planting, we're basically moving into a new era where we're starting another store that's going to be similar uh, to Blue Antler uh, up in Oregon, and we're super excited about that. But uh, the rune I pulled today was AR, and it's the rune of the grave. It's a rune of transformation. Um, 
it's a rune of slow transformation because it is of the grave and it's about like the decomposition and the deconstruction of things i always see it as uh you know our bodies going into the ground and being uh pulled apart uh actually we where i live we have a lot of deer that get hit on the sides of the road so every day it's a really interesting thing to watch the decomposition process um and how it you know within a couple of weeks it's gone and um but in the ground it takes a little longer uh to do that but well that's brilliant that what you're saying um because as you're speaking i'm you know at first i'm following the deer i'm watching someone dig a grave i'm seeing the body being placed in in the earth except that the earth then came became a round pregnant belly um and and in a lot of ways that's what's happening when you bury something dead the earth is transforming it and causing something new to grow from it oh yeah and absolutely. so that's actually that is exactly what the queen of pentacles is about um is uh, you know, that's how you interweave her destructive element with her creative element is that when you recognize it's a cycle, there really is no beginning and no end. The transition point between creation and destruction then becomes point of view. Right, exactly. And I think that's really where um, this rune uh, comes into play with the process I'm going through now that we are going through now of this deconstructing thing and I think that we we too often leave that up to uh someone else or we leave it up to fate or we leave it up to like that's just what happens however um there's a a story about Odin seeing the Norns carving the runes into the trunk and roots of the tree to manifest. So the concept of you, of partnering with the runes so that you can be an active participant in the deconstruction and the construction phase, both phases, not just the construction, uh, is a really fascinating part. I think it, it really speaks to... Uh, the manifestation of things and how often we try to manifest, uh, but really there's no more room on the plate to manifest yeah. something, you know, something you have to let something go or you have to free up that energy or you have to deconstruct something to be able to, to reconstruct something new or construct or let go of it like what you're doing with blue antler to me um you know if i were going to equate it to an orchard you're harvesting the apples but you're not killing the trees so the trees are still going right. to be there and someone else will tend them but they will fruit again next year yes yeah absolutely you just won't be the ones who tend them in the coming year and the next harvest will be shared with the community with someone else who's uh who's been at the head of the tending yeah, yeah. absolutely in the past when i have moved or made a transition of location um i would say this time is different because i'm 
an active participant in the deconstruction phase. And that's, you know, that's mourning, that's um, saying goodbye, that's looking at relationships, that's getting rid of stuff. In, in, in that aspect, instead of just saying, okay, I'm done here, I'm leaving, and kind of pulling behind me all of these connections that I didn't really take care of. Yeah. If that makes Well, yeah. I mean, you're talking about when you moved there and started Blue Antler, uh, whether you intended it or not, and I think you guys intended it more than you might realize, um, but you pulled energy together to form the store and form the intention that you had for the store. And your driving intention really was to create a place where people could have community to explore, you know, uh, traditions that were not maybe terribly mainstream. Right. And that, you know, those energies, they did come together. Um, so I think that, you know, you're, you're not just saying goodbye to a store, to the people who are used to coming in, uh, you're, you're letting go of the spirits that belong to that place that help create it. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and probably because when we started it uh, a little over two years ago, um, I was, a much different person. Um, and so it really is not just saying, you know, and releasing those things. It's also releasing that, uh, person who first built blue antler, who first added intention into it and who we worked really hard to do it. Um, and allowing for all of the learning and allowing for all of the growth that's happened to now uh, help lead me into uh, a different uh, energetic for a location, which will be up up there yeah. more near you. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah, we actually might get to do this in the same Wouldn't room. Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah, that would be really, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. And even maybe with a live audience, cool. that would be fun. I'm super excited for the live yeah. audience. Uh, I think that's going to be fun. And if, uh, for those of you who are maybe wondering about that, there's going to be, uh, for sure, next Beltane we're doing, uh, you and I are both teaching at uh, the Continuing, no, the Witchy Continuing Education Conference. I de- yeah. I know it. I know uh, it landed with an acronym of WE, so uh, Witchy Education. Yes. I think conference is what it yes. ended up being. Yeah. And that's going to be that's up it. here yes. in the Pacific so. Northwest. So in Seattle and Beltane next year, 2020. First weekend in May. I'm super excited. I think it's yeah. going to be fun. I'm teaching four classes. You're teaching four classes. And then we're doing the podcast. And then yeah. Yeah, in, in front of a live studio audience. It's going to be yeah. really cool. Um, I think that uh, hopefully now that I'll be up there before then, we'll be able to do a couple of those, uh, maybe live in and around Springfield, Eugene, which is where I'll be, uh, and and or Portland together just to just to have a little bit of fun with it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, the energy of that kind of situation. Me too. 
It'll be, uh, you know, since we've been uh, resonating long distance, it'll be interesting to see uh, what new sparks happen when we resonate in proximity. I think, uh, you know, the, the rune and the, and the card couldn't be more appropriate for, you know, uh, the energies that I'm working with. And, um, I, the funny thing I hate, I hate when I say that I need something different. I need, I need to do a short <laughs> search. Uh, one of the very intriguing things <laughs> about this is, um, I've got, I've gotten requests from two or three people in the last uh, 24 hours to join the class that I'm doing online. And uh, they're all in the process of deconstruction of their old beliefs and searching for new ones. So, um, and they're coming to the runes. The runes have shown up for them and they're uh, excited about it and they're looking forward into it. And uh, I'm just happy that I could facilitate that introduction because I think that the runes have, <clears throat> as well as the card, <clears throat> some amazing insight and wisdom that, uh, that is necessary yes. for us to embrace. Yeah. Well, and you know, um... You know, Lunasa was the first harvest, and we have two more. Uh, we have one coming up at the equinox, and then we have another. So when we turn into the dark half of the year, and there's a kind of surrender that happens there. And then again at Samhain, which is the final harvest. Um, and to me, our two cards are, you know, the harvest is often celebrated um it's uh kind of got the energy of like a full moon it's the celebration of things coming into their fullness that the thing that you tended is now ripe to pick and so from the perspective yep. of the one doing the harvesting um it is a joy it is a kind of a celebration of uh success i guess although that doesn't feel quite like the right word um uh, and yet, when I think of myself as being the apple hanging on the tree, uh, it's my death. And so yeah. wrapped right up in harvest is, I think, both of our cards. It's how is, uh, how are the womb and the tomb actually the same thing? Yeah. The, the... AR also can represent a single tree, which is, you know, the, uh, the device that they hang animals up on uh, by their legs when they... When they're draining them? Butcher them. Yeah, draining them, butchering them. And so uh, it's a really interesting, like, visual to be... Oh, fuck. Uh, to be uh, tied up to that and be drained and to be... Uh, uh, butchered, so to speak, and allow for that death. Yeah. 
sorry, I just had some really incredible uh, uh, impressions and experiences in that just like two, three or four or five <laughs> seconds of what that was. Uh, ah, so it's potent for you, that process right now. Um, it's super potent, especially because uh, I'm trying to pay attention to any impressions like that uh, because through dream state I had received um, an interesting message about so there we were I was talking to somebody and they were trying they were uh, defining something but the definition I'm like well that's a simple word and then they said to me omen and I was like what are you talking about and then I kind of woke up and I like all I know is Damien or whatever is in the omen and he's you know like that's a evil scary movie uh but I looked it up and it just meant you know telling telling foreseeing the yeah. future and so I'm, I'm uh it resonated quite strongly that I needed to pay attention to uh different impressions because that uh there would be some of that coming my way soon yeah well, I think that feeling so I, your way through transition is not something that we are terribly supported about in our culture. Uh, we're a culture of willpower. And so willpower is often about um, being very clear sighted, clearly articulating what you want, and then using the strength of your own power to make it happen. Uh, which can be yeah. very, um, I mean, depending on how strong you do that, I mean, it can be very violent, it can be manipulative, um, and, uh, and it's not always that. Um, <clears throat> but we definitely, I think we over rely on our visual sense. And so, uh, you know, nothing scares people that I do readings uh, for more than my saying, this is the process I see that you're in the midst of, and I can't illuminate it for you. Um, and so sometimes we're not meant to see the path. We're meant to feel the path. And so, you know, I always try to give supportive techniques about what can you do to support yourself when you're being asked to walk blindfolded. Yeah. And that's almost, to yeah, me, that's it, the dark half of the year. The dark half of the year, I'm not actually blindfolded. There just isn't any light to see by. And that's the challenge every year. And every year I know it's going to happen. And every year at this time of the year, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be so much more prepared this year because I have another year's practice. And every year, yep. whatever it is intensifies in a way that it's never easy. I know exactly what the process is and it's still not easy. So knowing it doesn't yeah. actually provide relief from the, the actual experience of it. No, not at all. Wow. It's a, uh, I also, when you were just speaking about uh, not being able to see it, that you have to feel it sometimes I also get uh, with that this impression of 
it's a different rune that shows up, but there's definitely uh, a an element, sorry, an element of not becoming paralyzed by fear and still having you still have to make the decision to move, whether that's to the side or backward or or whatever, but you can't just stay there. Um, and there's something about that initial, you know, you, you, you might be moving into the dark, feeling it or intuiting it and instinctualizing it. Uh, but there is something about you have to make a decision and, and make it take a step. Oh, that's interesting. You're saying that because um, I experienced the decision as will you or won't you surrender? So to me, when we move into the dark, uh, my action is very different than in the light half of the year. In the light half of the year, it's almost like, will your actions be guided by your dreams so that the action that you take is about creating your dream? Um, in the dark half of the year, the action seems to be, are you willing to be moved? And so it's like, Ooh. I have to surrender and the magic is going to move me. My choice is not about what steps to take. My choice is about, will I be willing to be moved? Wow. Are you still there? Like oh, that. you are still there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was deep in thought. You have, you have very wise words. I'm just thinking... I was just thinking about that concept of, of allowing ourselves to be moved. And especially if we're looking at the wheel of, okay, especially if we're looking at the calendar, how about that? Uh, we completely from Halloween, because sometimes Christmas decorations are out at Walmart before Halloween is yeah. over. Uh, the time of year when we should allow ourselves to be be moved or uh, internalize and be moved is one of the most social two months that there are yeah. with all the have tos. So we allow ourselves, well, not allow, uh, society has set it up so that we're completely distracted during that time. Well, yeah, or, I think that there's a lot of things that we do that are about negating that darker path um uh, you know sure. i think depression is often a call to the darkness um and yet we'll do everything to pull ourselves out of depression um <clears throat> to me uh what has what has worked most successfully when i experienced my own depression is i actually have to do what seems counterintuitive i have to dive deeper into it Yep. And I just start moving forward faster. Yeah. So really stopping. I, I think I had mentioned to you, we spoke over the weekend, but I had a, a an energy healing from a, a brilliant woman here. And after she said, she kind of said, all your guides were just laughing at you. She goes, they were peeking over the wall laughing. And, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting, fuckers. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, what did they say? And she's like, oh, they just kept saying, you finally got Ken Edwards to shut up for an, an hour. <laughs> and the, the message in that from them 
bless their little cotton socks, was uh, that I need to stop. I need to learn to quiet my mind. And in that moment, I was taken back to two times that were back to back during that energy healing where my mind went completely blank. Yeah. And I panicked. I'm like, oh God, think of something, hurry. Think like think of something to make sure I still had my mental capacity, yeah. I guess. Or my memories or my faculties, whatever you want to call them. And I'm like, okay, calm. It's fine. And then it happened again and it wasn't as intense. So I know now what the reference point yeah. is or a reference point is for doing that. And it's uh it's super uh it's a it's a lesson that's right there for me right now is is learning to do that. So I think maybe that's why I've been drumming a lot. That's why I've been uh, a little bit more into meditation. I've been doing uh, like right before bed, I'll do like bedtime yoga and just try to be like come into my body and be aware of my body and not my mind uh, because that thing has to be quiet. Yeah, again. I think that can be. Uh... Uh, you know, I think all meditation practices, so whether um, they were initiatory Eastern meditation practices I tried or yoga or, um, you know, Christian contemplation, uh, there's, I started with the book, uh, The Cloud of Unknowing. And it it's written oh. by like uh, a 14th century, probably monk, uh, although it's anonymous. Uh, and it's all about that to get to the state of um, of contemplative prayer, you have to unknow everything that you think you know. And that the act of unknowing something is actually a lot more laborious than the act of learning things. Um, because oftentimes we don't even know the things that we have to stop knowing in order to come into that contemplative state and the idea at least in christian uh contemplation is to come to a point of emptiness where you then can be your cup can be refilled by the holy spirit and so to me that actually uh you know probably has some pagan influence from the wheel of the year and you know filling up one's cup with water is after the fire rages and burns everything away um and pouring out the cup then at Samhain um you know there's there's some interesting practices that I think that the pagan calendar gives me that allows me to actually practice the art of surrender numerous times throughout the year if I choose to practice every full moon as being both the fullness and the end. And if I choose to practice every dark moon as both the final letting go and the planting, that when I when I take that perspective, it's it's kind of like our our card in our rune that the grave and the womb are the same place and that it's a process that happens in the mystery Amen. And there's nothing like surrendering to the mystery i mean it's you know if you if you've ever done trust falls trust falls are hard enough when you are choosing to do it and when you know whose arms you're falling back into but now imagine yep. standing on the edge of an abyss <laughs> and being asked to do a trust fall 
when you can't even feel that there's a presence there, let alone know, know who it is or trust it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really fascinating um, look into, for me also, the concept of that, like uh, for Merlin, uh, he was crazy and went crazy and lived in the forest with animals for a while. Uh, and there's this, the same uh, in Irish Celtic uh, lore too. I can't quite remember the name, but uh, that scares the fuck out of me to be able to, to go to that point where uh, you might be considered where I would be, I would consider myself losing my mind. Yeah or crazy uh that's probably the one thing that uh it looks like that for me is that that uh, edge of the abyss looks like that yeah well i think you know i think uh first of all it's it feels very unstable and we equate instability with craziness and uh, yeah. at least in our Western culture, even with, you know, psychology and the attempt to do healing work around mental health issues, we have a long history of uh, institutionalizing those who are different, whether they're actually crazy or not, or labeling something that is different that we don't understand as crazy and then locking it yeah. up. Uh-oh. I see I see it in a gel cell right now that I have to unlock. Yeah. Well, I think that for me, that's, um, I think that is part of this year. I think that's part of Halloween and how we get, you know, all the monstrous images. And it to me, what happens is uh, the gates are open for us to experience our wild nature. Um, yeah. And uh, in a different way than in the light half. It's not that I don't think that we're completely domesticated in the light half. It's that I think something, uh, it's the nocturnal beasts that tend to come out, I think, in the dark half of the year. And we tend yeah. to be afraid of them because uh, they're predators. Ooh. How is it to come come face to face in uh with the you that is a predator yeah that's probably scary as all thought well and i think we forget you know we try to dress humanity up with manners and all that but but we're a pretty yep. serious predator on the planet i mean we're such a serious predator that we actually are coming to a place where we recognize that we can actually destroy the planet through our careless acts. Yeah. That's a pretty freaking serious predator that, that, you know, we could only, uh, life on the planet. I actually think the planet won't allow us to do that. So, um, and I hope I'm right about that. Um, but the thought that, that we have that much impact and we are so mindless about that, um, we don't seem to be changing our behavior um, with that knowledge. Right. Right. 
fascinating. Yeah. Because we mask it when, with the Dominion over instead of, <laughs> you're a fucking predator. Just admit it. Yeah. Oh, this was an interesting foray into the forest today. Yes, it was. Although, you know, given that you and I both, uh, when we connected, we were like, wow, it was a weekend. <laughs> Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I think that since the shifting of the water, you and I both have really kind of challenged each other. Okay. Let's stay open to this. What is this going to feel like? Um, and, uh, just the intention to do that, uh, I think is, uh, bringing us to greater depths that require more trust, um, and body awareness. I think, you know, the thing that I, uh, one of the strong messages of this last week was remember that your body is 75% water. And so yeah. the idea that you have to learn how to be immersed in the water is uh, from one perspective, a little silly. Um, and from another perspective, it's like, no, you just need to remember who you are. Um, and it, I think, you know, the other thing that happened was, uh, I kept getting images of your underground or underwater volcano. And I kept getting images oh. about what does water look like in the, or I'm sorry, what does fire look like in the time of water? How do they work together without either one of them losing their form? Cause that's what we talked about last week was that. Yep. You know, if there's more water than fire, it puts the fire out. And if there's more fire than water, it creates steam. But what happens when you put it in that liminal state where one contains the other, but does not uh, obliterate the other? It's a dance. It's what? It's a dance. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Whenever, whenever that journey allows you to take it, it'll be interesting to see what you come up with. It's a steamy, erotic dance. <laughs> well, good. Well, that'll be a juicy story then. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to channel it right now. That's super interesting. Uh, yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a complete let go. You can't control that journey. You have to let it happen. Well, that's how the best orgasms happen, too, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. I haven't had one in I a mean, while. I mean, just saying. Oh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually. <laughs> Coming from the woman whose next job is being a dominatrix. Well, that was interesting. You broke up all the way through that. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Oh, my God. Maybe it's because I'm not supposed to say what your next job is going to be. What? Oh no, you gotta say it again. Yeah, that's why I said that's uh, the this coming from the woman whose next job is a dominatrix. <laughs> yep. Everybody, everybody who's listening is like, you've said that once before, and I'm like, yes, but you still think it's still possible, <laughs> still possible. Uh, all right, I, I, I'll, I'll keep that in mind and see what form that wants to take. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> yep. Well, it's funny because, you know, like, I think, was it you and I that spoke about this? 
the fact that if you're a dominatrix, the person in real control yes. is the submissive, right? Yeah. Because they're the ones who have the, the safe word or right. whatever. So I they think that's a really fascinating role to yeah. be in. Oh my God. Is that what we fire signs are? We're the dominatrix. But Maybe. Then, actually, I think it might be. That might be the journey for the week. Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting you say that. I guess in some ways I'm already the dominatrix uh, because I really pay attention to uh, power dynamics in relationship. Uh, I, and yep. I often recognize the person who is exerting the most power. And by that, I mean who's actually directing how choices are being made. Um, is often yeah. the one that uh, looks to be submissive. Yeah. Yep. I can apply that to so many situations in my life at the moment. Yeah. And that, and that wow. to me is, uh, I want to be clear, that's when consent has been given. Uh, when there is no yes. consent, I would say something very different. But when consent has been given, the one that seems the the more passive or the quieter is often the one who's uh, who I experience when I you know start to tap into the energy a little bit more. They're the ones often guiding how the decisions are made. Yeah. Wow. Well. I've had some good feedback from, uh, well, you too, because I think we were put in the same message together from the episodes from before. So you guys who are listening, let us know what you like. If you have questions, maybe something you would like us to maybe try and uh, tap into moving forward. Um, and we can certainly... Uh, see where that takes us well certainly address a question uh even if it doesn't uh inspire an episode uh but we will certainly answer questions and we'd love to hear uh from people when they do get in touch with us absolutely and don't forget that sometimes on our facebook page uh web of resonance we have little extras or little snippets or i share my stuff uh, from runewalker teresa shares her stuff uh, from elemental inspiration uh journeys sorry elemental journeys i don't know why i said because you were thinking oh, about a store it's... there in salt lake there is a store here in salt lake called that yes so i'm i'm sorry that's that okay it's elemental <laughs> uh but you are an inspiration oh, thanks, Ken. so that could have been that too <laughs> so do you have any last parting words uh, I don't think so. Dip your toe in, dive in, whatever it takes. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how uh, the water uh, continues to take us deeper. Yeah, absolutely. And remember that you are or can be an active participant in the deconstruction of things. You don't have to just let yeah. it happen. Yeah. How do you stay present when... Uh, when the energy is actually unraveling you what does present look like when yeah. the you you think you are starts to fall apart that's a wild yes ride. it is <laughs> better get a drum all right you uh you better get a drum you better get a seat belt you better get some sage yeah all right. Well, All right. Ken, well, I hope that you, you have a very good week and I hope everyone listening has a good week. 
Ditto. Take care, you guys.